Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another beautiful episode of Witchy Wellness Radio, the show you learn how your body and emotions are not in the way they're actually leading the way. I'm your host, Lauren Chalantani, and today we're talking with Lucia Hawley. She is a women's weight loss expert living in Portland, Oregon. She helps women over the age of 30 end yo-yo dieting and weight loss resistance with the principles of mindfulness and self-compassion, as well as scientifically based nutrition, strength training, science. She's the host of the mindfulness-based weight loss podcast with over 260 episodes of free coaching and client success stories. I'm very particular about weight loss people, but you are perfect fit Lucia to come on here. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to share the space with you today. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I'm absolutely honored here to be talking about what we're going to be diving into. I just, as you know, I think it's a very important subject and that we approach it just like we approach ourselves with that compassion and with that loving kindness. Mm, Beautiful. So I'd love to hear your own heroine's journey. You know, how did you I'm sure there was your own yo-yo dieting, you know, struggles and overcoming into really applying the the science, but also the mindfulness and the the love and the compassion, because we can't hate ourselves into change. You know, we have to love (laughs) ourselves. So I would love to hear your own journey, a bridge, but you know, whatever you want to share with us today. Yeah, definitely. So I was, you know, a child of the 90s. And I mean, oh my gosh, the the rhetoric around food and nutrition and your body and the expectations for women in general, so high and so intense, you know, and growing up in that culture, I was a kid who struggled with childhood obesity. Um, and so I really didn't know at the time, the general kind of the basics of nutrition, which we can chat about as we get, you know, into the conversation, because it's actually quite straightforward. So I had struggled with childhood obesity and long story short, because the, the, my whole, I think for most of us who have gone through a heroin journey, we could spend a whole hour talking about our journey, right? But long story short, I kind of discovered the power of real food. And I had grown up with parents that cooked a lot at home and had exposure to plenty of different types of food growing up. But it really was some very simple and straightforward shifts to how I was composing my plate. Back then, actually, if we want to get into it a little bit, I was put on the Atkins diet, which looks like a diet, looks very restrictive, right? I think at this point, a lot of us would be like, oh my God, what? But it was my first kind of doorway and portal into, whoa, nutrition is powerful. And not only that, how we approach our nutrition is very, very powerful. So similar to a lot of women, I had this big weight loss after that childhood obesity, I lost about 80 pounds and I continued to keep it off. And through that, over the years, what I discovered is that it's really not about these huge dramatic changes. It's all about these small tweaks, right? So I started to, as I I tell my clients this often, the changes that we make are going to be boring. We're going to increase the vegetables, right? We might start to look at, okay, am I actually getting protein in? Am I my meals? Am I walking, right? Am I tending to myself? in a way that feels really wonderful. So that's, you know, a big part of my journey was really saying, yeah, the nutrition stuff will start to fall in where it's going to fall in. And there, from there, it's up to me to really kind of check in with myself. What does make me feel good? Do I like walking out in nature? Do I like going to a gym, right? Do I like playing with my dog? All of that is physical activity. What makes me feel good? And that is why you're on the show, because that beautiful (laughs) perspective of like, what 
what what feels good for me like that's being able to connect our intuition our inner being our higher self to understand that they're always leading the way and i actually started out my journey over eight almost probably 10 years ago health coaching mm. and i ended up just teaching naturally shifting into law of attraction because i was working with these women who came to me who already knew like what foods work for them and i was just like working with them how do you want to feel you know it is with the weight loss with xyz goal and really focusing on that how do you want to feel and it's like stronger grounded lighter energized and then how how can you do that every day what's fun for you how can we add those things in like walking outside playing with your dog like you just said like huh like that makes my heart so so happy to hear that it's not about prescribing one you know rigid method it's about learning to connect to you really and I love how that's how you approach this and kind of as a segue into really your own self-worth and love and connection is food is like our actual physical vessel the the podcast motto is your body and emotions are not in the way they're leading the way and that's part Mm -hmm. of it it's like using our bodies as this it's not something that is um, behaving wrong or is in the way. It's something literally, I think it's the most spiritual thing about us that it's showing us where we need to heal. It's showing us where to go. It's, it's leading our way to our highest potential and our highest self. And I know this lifetime that I'm here to help show people that it is the most spiritual thing about us. And we can ascend, quote unquote, ascend or do the spiritual work with our bodies. And that's part of what what I believe from my perspective is what you're helping women with too. Yeah. Because when you feel nice in your body, and I think we can all define what nice means, you know, when I'm working with my clients, we do talk about our own core values and those naturally will shift person to person to some capacity. So when we're feeling nice and our bodies are feeling nice, well, let's not forget that our mental wellness is part of our physiological wellness. You know, I think in our Western culture, we love to compartmentalize for better or for worse. So we talk about our brain health is very different than our body health. Our brain's an organ, right? So if we're able to really feel like grounded and connected with our bodies through nourishing food, through nourishing movement, for sure, it's going to be a boon to our either spirituality, whatever connects with someone, or just our feelings of mental well-being. And I think that's absolutely huge when you were sharing just now. It reminded me of the fact that I think for so many of us who feel stuck in that culture of dieting, we, for better or for worse, again, we feel like we have to pay attention to the things that feel bad or wrong about our body, that we feel broken, that we've got to fix our body, fix how we eat, no longer emotionally eat. But it's a little bit like when we start to approach it from this way of wellness, we're putting the battery in the other way. We're saying, let's focus on feeling wonderful. You might not know every step to get you there today, but that's okay. Can you? And I'm going to keep riffing on that example of playing with your dog because I think so many of us take it for granted, right? Like, well, if you play with your dog for five minutes today, that's five more minutes of playfulness in your life. Is that something you value, right? Is that something that helps you feel more like yourself? And those are the types of habits that will compound on themselves and that we'll also return to day after day or week after week. That's so beautiful. And I also love what you say about how dieting is actually a stress response. 
And it's like, it's a pattern, it's a cycle, it's a loop. So I would love to hear more in depth, like what your perspective is on that. Cause that, that changes the game based on what you just said. What do we want to focus on? And then if we look at dieting as a stress response. Well, I'm glad that that gives the mind blown effect for you because that's how it felt for me, right? To really part of that. And I hope this makes sense to, to folks who are listening, but part of recognizing that dieting is a stress response to me, it helps to depersonalize it. Versus being, oh my God, I am a dieter. I'm someone who diets. I don't want to be a woman who diets, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of thinking, you know, versus saying, oh, okay. When I'm stressed out, that's when my thoughts ramp up. And that's universal to all of us, right? Whether they ramp up and they feel more ramped up or they feel more ramped down, our thinking changes when we're stressed out. That's normal. It's healthy, actually, to have a stress response. And really what's different these days and in our long time past, you know, long, long ago, is that most of our stressors are more chronic versus more acute. Finances, you know, social issues, social media, like all these things. We have a lot of chronic stressors. So it's more common for us to default to our stress thinking and dieting. Those like cyclical thoughts that we have, which again, any of those who are listening, who do diet or have kind of felt like they've been yo-yo dieting in the past, you probably know what I mean, where you're like, oh, it's up on the scale. Oh, that feels bad. Oh, Monday, I should do this. I should do that. I shouldn't eat. Why did I have so much sugar over the weekend? I knew I, it doesn't make me feel good. Like that whole, all of that is the cycle of stress. And the more we try to figure out those thoughts, the more we're just feeding into the idea that more thinking is how we feel better, which as I'm sure you know, and I feel like you just emanate this so beautifully, it's not necessarily the case. We can have insights, right? We can, especially, and again, we're going to be talking about these dogs so much. I should just have like my dog down here for a cameo at this point, but you might have an insight when you're feeling relaxed and you're playing with your dog, you're out on a walk. That's wonderful. So we can use thinking to our benefit. I don't want people to think that all thoughts are bad. No, but when we start to have those cyclical looping thoughts, that's when we get to be on to ourselves and say, okay, is this the stressy thinking or are these insights that are really supporting me in feeling, you know, being in a wonderful feeling? Yeah. And it's really thinking about it that way. It's really like a lack mindset versus abundance mindset. Right. And that's why I think so many of us are starting to switch, you know, a lot of the women here are, you know, in the 30 plus listening to this too. And it's like, yeah, growing up in the nineties, you know, heroin chic energy of oh, Kate yeah. Moss and all, all of that. Um, but that lack, you know, counting calories, not to get into, into it versus now perspective shift. If you're listening to witchy wellness radio, you you're into the holistic perspective. <laughs> um, of what fuels me, you know, what makes me feel so good. And the abundance of lack isn't just with money. It's, it's with every single area of our life, including our health and, and well-being. And man, like that, that you have to eat, you know, you have to eat, you have to breathe. So like, why not fuel yourself with these thoughts, these mechanisms, food, even water to really feel your best. So you can, really live your life and live your potential and not, you know, use food as a stress response for keeping yourself feeling not worthy, stuck, all those things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, 
And how many of us who perhaps have been at higher weights before and have maybe yo-yo dieted or you you don't even know it was a yo-yo diet and you were just like, oh, I'm just going to do this intensive protocol. And you did it because I don't know about you, but like most women I know are really smart and can like do a plan if they're given a plan. Okay. So it's not that you fail the plan or whatever. It's just how you lose weight. If we talk about weight loss is going to be how you keep it off. So wouldn't it make sense instead of practicing a really diehard intense protocol or diet or just something that's dramatically different than how you've been living your life? Wouldn't it make sense to do it a little bit differently and say, okay, maybe there's just gentle shifts that I can make because what I'm doing is already good enough, even if I'm not maybe where I want to be long term in the future. That's something I find really frequently with clients is that we start working together and they're like, all right overhaul overhaul my diet what do I need to do right and it's like it's not good it's gonna be a little more boring you're probably eating well enough maybe we tweak some veggies here and there often we tweak the protein amount up because it's a very satisfying macronutrient maybe we add another 10 minute walk but this stuff is going to be boring because we want you to be able to do it for the rest of your life yes it's about consistency for sure and Yeah, you're right. And I I used to tell people, you know, we didn't get here overnight in this mental state or physical state. It's not going to change overnight too. It's right about those gentle, supportive, loving things that we can add in, whether it's food, walk, the thoughts we think, it all starts to build that momentum towards who you really are and not focusing on that negative of, oh, I don't want this. I don't want the weight. I don't want to, you know, no, we want to focus on how we want to feel rather than what we don't want. Yeah. And that can feel a little foreign and different, right? I also think it's very counterculture to be focused on feeling, can I feel wonderful? Can I do it in such a way that I can repeat it, you know, day to day, week to week for the most part? It's not necessarily super emphasized by our culture. And I also think that, you know, there's some identity change and identity shift in that. And that's okay. There might be a little bit of grieving or of noticing, like, I am choosing something a little bit different than either my peers or family of origin, what have you. It's okay. We can feel safe in that. Sometimes I think there's, and maybe, you know, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. It can feel really different. And our brains can confuse different with bad, right? When we're doing something new. So there's a little bit of kind of that tenderness and self-compassion with ourselves in that aspect as well. It's like, that's okay that I might be different, right? I might have these different priorities and values than either how I used to be or those that I'm currently surrounded with. It's okay. We're, we're safe in that. Yeah. I think for me, it's like, I realized I was different a long time ago from family <laughs> of origin in a loving way. Um, just, you know, based on the foods I would eat growing up, like just things wouldn't agree with me. So I was already food wise, philosophy wise. I was the, the, the love, the loved black sheep. I wasn't hated, but yeah, that concept of flipping of like, so many of us are worried, oh, I don't want to get cancer because my family has an origin of cancer or diabetes or whatever hereditary quote unquote things. But then you look at the people who are different, the black sheep of the family, quote unquote, the rainbow, we'll say rainbow sheep, because I don't think I like that. I love that. Like the sparkly (laughs) rainbow, unicorn sheep of the family. 
they're doing something completely different. They're living a completely different lifestyle. Their personality is different. They might even live in a different climate. And those are the people maybe who are healthier, who don't have those same hereditary things. So being different, that's what really started to shift my perspective for me. I was like, oh, okay, I am different, but I'm also different because I am here to heal me, heal the generational trauma, lifetimes of whatever coming up in my body. I know I, I had a little bit of a weight loss journey post-college, you know, I gained like, you know, 30 pounds in college, the, the, all the drinking and the bow, you know, all that oh, yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, but mine was more, you know, healing digestion, anxiety, all these um, more internal mechanisms, if you will. And food was really my saving resource to really start to balance out because like you said, our, our brain is our organ, but all a lot of our neurotransmitters and our happy, happy, um, I guess, origins of those uh, hormones and chemicals are built in the gut. So once we can start to build a, a foundation, we automatically feel better. Like when our body's more in homeostasis, yes, the things are going to heal that you want to heal, the weight loss, the digestion, migraines were huge for me too. And you're just going to, like your body is able to physically feel happier, physically produce what it needs to produce to, to be your happier self. And that was like my, that was a huge revelation for me through my own journey. I was like, Oh, so I literally can feed myself to feel happier. If my gut's all messed <laughs> up, of course, this is why I feel depressed and anxious all the time. Oh, okay. This is going to help. Yeah. Oh my God. No, the food is so powerful, you know, a little, and this won't be a long part, you know, but another part of my story was when I was about 19 or so, I went gluten-free for the first time. And I had inadvertently been gluten-free when I'd been on Atkins prior and I felt amazing. And then, you know, didn't do Atkins for like years on years. So really took some principles from that, but then, you know, brought in foods that are beyond like the Atkins paradigm. And I, when I was 19 or so, I went gluten-free because of some studies that I had found. I was in college at the time. And so I had access to all these scholarly journals and I was a complete nerd. So I'd go to the, you know, the, the library website, would look up journals and articles on stuff. And I was having a really hard time in school. I was, you know, I've always been very shy. Okay. But I was starting to deal with a lot of like panic attacks and anxiety attacks. And I was like, is this just becoming an adult like is this me right it was my adult version of shyness like I don't know what's going on here anyway so I started to look up and somehow got to this study and it was on Swedish teenagers and basically the study was what was their inventory of mental wellness being gluten-free not being gluten-free and the study showed that those who were gluten-free had higher ranking scores of mental wellness and I was like well cool I was inadvertently gluten-free when I was younger why not just give this a go because I felt really great then went gluten-free long story short I had Hashimoto's and so gluten the gluten protein looks very similar to our thyroid tissue so when you're eating gluten and you have Hashimoto's which is a autoimmune attack on your thyroid gland right it can increase the amount of times that you were flaring. So those panic attacks were actually due to the Hashimoto flares that I inadvertently was feeding myself by consuming more gluten. So I feel you, it is very powerful what we discover when it comes to our individual nutrition. And the, the better that we feel, I think the easier we can kind of hone in on what it is individually that affects us, whether that's, you know, irritable bowel 
or Hashimoto's, headaches, migraines, we do have that ability because like you said, our bodies are sharing messages with us. We might not want the message, right? Like, oh my God, I don't want this panic attack. But if we listen to it, if we aren't scared of it, oh my goodness, it can really share us it show us a very beautiful path that we could go down. Yeah. And look at things differently. You know, it's kind of, I call that the, my beginning of my awakening journey. Right. And it's yeah. similar to your, your journey. Um, my, during my college graduation, I had my first panic attack. Mm. And after that was just like a year of chronic panic attacks every day. I even tried taking medication at the time, but like my body is such a beautiful little canary, like mm-hmm. all the other symptoms. It was just like, I couldn't even take any medication because I couldn't, I was so dizzy. I couldn't walk straight. So I had to do the old fashioned thing and, you know, healing my gut was a huge help. And, but those, all those things that we just talked about, the anxiety, that, that awakening moment, the wanting to look at things like, well, there's gotta be a different way. You know, I'm, is this what it, is this what being an adult really is like? Like, I don't, you know, there's gotta be something better than this looking for things to do differently, the rainbow sheep, what we just talked about, but you're building that self-trust by asking those questions. You're starting to be like, Hmm, Oh, maybe, maybe my body is telling me something, even though you might not realize it at the time. And I know that you speak about how self-trust can, is the solution to permanent weight loss and how to me, you know, looking a little bit more outside in at the weight loss world is that's the, that's the, um, the diamond that's the gift or the lesson. It, it's, it's just through the body in that way to learn, to build a self-trust. Yes. You might be able to do it in other ways, but your body is here helping you saying, Hey, this can be a vehicle for so many beautiful lessons for you to grow and to learn and to really understand your own power and your potential. Yeah, it is. It's an amazing vessel if we're open to listening. And I do think, yeah, right. <laughs> like some of us, as you were sharing, some of us are open from a really young age. And to me, you know, when I really wasn't feeling well, when I was 80 pounds heavier, which at a young age too. So I wasn't the athletic kiddo. I was, I loved computers. Okay. So I was like, like the, the coding nerd back in like the early or late nineties, early 2000s. So I sit on the computer a lot, but I was doing cool things. And I didn't even realize until I started to tune into what my body wanted more of that I had daily headaches, right? It wasn't until those headaches left that I was like, oh, life doesn't, life doesn't have to be like that. Oh, that's cool. Right. So it is, it's very much that just that consistent day to day. I don't want to say churn, but I suppose openness of saying like, there's probably going to be stuff that I'll discover today or today might be really boring, but as long as I'm open to it, I'll know more and I'll understand more if I just show up without presuming. And that's something I notice with my nutrition and my strength training clients is sometimes out of, you know, what what do I want to say? Sometimes my clients will ask me questions, right? And they'll be like, okay, I'm having this problem, maybe tracking. I have my clients track macros because it's just so darn efficient. Okay. We learn a lot. So I, I want to track my macros on the weekends, but like, it, I don't want to be on my phone in front of my kids and, oh my God, now I feel bad. It's like, wait, wait, wait. I could tell you some ideas for what we could do because I don't need you to be on your phone. You don't have to track your macros like every weekend and, you know, be on your phone in front of your kids. But let's have you come up with a couple ideas 
you know? And I think so often we forget that it's like, we're going to have the ideas inside of us. We might be stressed out. Life might be tough where we're going from job to family life to all these other expectations and roles and duties we have in our lives. But even just slowing down and kind of coming back into the space of, I bet if I go do something that makes me feel nice, whether that's just spending five minutes by myself or playing with that dog or going on the walk or drinking a a glass of water, I'm probably going to have the insight that I'm looking for as soon as I stop trying to force it. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. I think that if we could just all live our life like that, and I need that reminder time to time too, it's about getting into the, the present moment to not forcing things, right? To allow and the answers will come to you. I mean, that's meditation, right? It's just opening yourself up to that higher version of you. And it's really just bringing all your power, bringing your awareness, bringing bringing yourself into the present now. And that's something I'm so passionate about helping women with too, is because we get so, like you said, work, family, and we're just doing, doing, doing. And sometimes we might be regretting what we did you know, yesterday or ate this weekend or whatever, how much sugar or caffeine we had instead of just letting that all go because it's literally pulling our energy apart and allowing all that energy, that consciousness, that awareness to be here now. And that's why you were in the shower. You get so many ideas in the shower. It's because oh, you're yeah. not focusing on it. <laughs> exactly. Right. Some of the most powerful moments in our lives happen in the shower. You exactly. get those big downloads or insights or there you are, you're humming, you're having a good time, right? Like you're just in your parasympathetic rest and digest mode. And that's like so, so powerful across the board, body, mind, spirit, all of it. And that's actually how I came up with the podcast. I was on a walk and I was just, you know, doing my thing. I was going through a dark night of the soul at that time. And just the name witchy wellness came in and I was like, huh, is this like a, what, I wonder what this is going to be. You know, it was at this point, that was over seven years ago. And it took me about six months later. And I was like, this is going to be my podcast. Cause it's time for me to step in more to my power and speak my truth and share, hold space with beautiful people like yourself. But yeah, I wasn't looking for it. It yeah. just came to me. Same <laughs> with the tagline. Your body's not in the way it's leading the way I was taking a bath. And it was just like divine downloads, just like coming in left to right. I had to get a whole my whole notebook. <laughs> You're in like, you need your notebook. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes all I can do is record my voice, my voice note app. And sometimes you can understand it. Sometimes you can't. But yeah, it's just allowing that, like that, that is you. That, that and just allowing that in. We don't have to force uphill all the time in life and just drudge through it all. It's it's the balance of taking the action and aligning like you still need to eat food you can't just like you know (laughs) meditate all day um but also that beingness and when I used to health coach I used to tell people all the time it's like you can eat your body's weight in whatever superfood or kale or whatever the healthiest trendy thing is at the time but if you are not long term really in that rest and digest state of being it's not going to really matter as much because if we're constantly in the fight or flight all day after day, every day, like you kind of mentioned more acute versus chronic, like, yes, a food, healthy food is going to help, but your body is going to be in the stress response, whether that's holding on to the weight in case of a, a famine or 
X, Y, Z, whatever um, symptom you're dealing with. It's really about learning to approach it more mindfully. And for me, an easy way, and I'd love to hear some tips for you that you have is before I eat my meal, I'll just take a second to slow down my breath. And I go through every single ingredient in my meal and I thank it. Just open my heart. Just, it only takes a few seconds. Thank myself if I made it, whoever else made it. Thank the farmers, the grocery, like the whole process from the seed all the way to, you know, to my plate, if you will. And that just kind of gets me in like a a more relaxed state of being. And then I I can eat. Yeah. And then you're like, no, I'm really ready to eat. (laughs) I love that so much, you know, because it, it also, it's such a beautiful way to come back into the present moment is creating perspective opening ourselves to gratitude. Gratitude is like the most parasympathetic feeling. I think there is, right? Like when in doubt and we can't force gratitude. Okay. I think when we're stressed out, like we can feel like, oh my God, I, I got to do it this way. or got to do it. I didn't eat my meal in a super parasympathetic state. I'm not going to digest it as well. That's more thinking for anyone who like can go down that road. Like I used to go down that road, right? When you're into health and wellness, it's easy. Because when you start to see the power of nutrition too, you're like, oh, it should be this way. It should be that way. Okay. That we can have thinking about our thinking about our thinking. It can get very meta, right? Like all the levels of it. It's, I liked your example that you gave a couple of minutes ago too, because it's similar to something I used to say as well. It's, I guess I still do, but like the two different people or even the same person in two different times of life, you could be eating the same salad and have the most beautiful, the most healthy, like blah, 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 like all that stuff. But like one person, it could not go so well. They're going to be in the bathroom the rest of the day. It is not feeling good. The other person, it's exactly what they needed in that moment. They could sink into the present moment. They could really digest it and break it down. Does it mean that the salad is bad? No. Does it mean that the person is bad or one is better than the other? of course not. You know, we just have those different needs. So I know, you know, kind of saying the same thing now, but it truly is once we understand some of the basics of health, because there are some basic healthy habits that apply to most people. We don't have to reinvent the wheel necessarily, but once we figure that out, then it is just those small tweaks here and there to really individualize things. So I know you mentioned counting macros before, but could you give us a little preview of like what those foundational kind of principles are that I guess every human should kind of understand. <laughs> I will. And I know them off the top of my head, but I always write them down. Then like, as soon as I'm talking to someone, I'm like, that's when I like trip over my words. So you'll see me looking at my little list, which is like five words. Oh, I love so it. So the, the first one, okay. And I'll, there are going to be some general health, healthy lifestyle tips, and then I'll come back to the food. So the first one is getting steps every day, whether that's walking, running, jogging, bicycling, okay, doesn't have to be literal steps. But for most of us, it's in some way, shape or form walking, etc. I think getting around 7000 more steps a day is really approachable for most people. And it's been well um, researched in terms of like, that's a really if we're getting about 4500 5000 uh, steps or more per day, super duper healthy doesn't have to be the 10,000 but 10,000 is great too so 7,000 more steps a day getting around 70 ounces of water or more per day that tends to be pretty helpful for most people sleep there are a lot of sevens here seven or more hours of restful sleep per night and I like to say seven because I think it just helps it stick in our head a little bit more and then there's strength training which 
I don't know about you, but for um, a lot of my clients, it's very brand new to be exposed to strength training and doing physical movement literally just to build our muscles versus for like a calorie burn. So strength training is not something that has to be every day, even just two to four times a week, 25 to 30 minutes, extremely powerful. And I really think our muscle is like the coolest organ <laughs> in our body. So I'm a, a muscle nerd, but we'll move on. And then the fifth healthy habit is balanced meals. So this is where the nutrition comes in. When I say balanced meals, and I talk about tracking macros. What that means is looking at the macronutrient balance of our meals from meal to meal to snack to dessert, um, and then also across the day. So ensuring, okay, at my meals, do I have a source of carbohydrates? Do I have a source of dietary fat? And do I have a source of dietary protein in the amounts that fuel me? When people are talking about macronutrients, often we talk about like maintenance calories, right? Because macronutrients make up our total amount of daily calories that we're eating. So however people enjoy eating, whether that's breakfast, lunch, dinner, their snacks between those, a dessert afterwards, at the end of the day, where are the calories shaking out? Are they fueling you? Most women that I work with are actually under eating a lot during the day. And maybe they're overeating and compensating for that little amount of food that they're getting either later at night or on the weekends. And that is what feels kind of yo-yoing for them. Um, or they're just under eating and they wonder why they don't feel good and why they're not sleeping. So it's a whole cascade that happens with the habits. Um, and then the last habit is stress and mindfulness. So are you doing some sort of stress relief? Seven minutes or more can totally be more <laughs> per day. Um, whether that's playing with your dog or sitting in a room and, you know, allowing yourself to have more of a meditation or mindfulness practice. Those are the habits. Most people can walk, can drink some water, can get some sleep, can have some balanced meals. And then if we want weight loss, here's the last thing. It's not a habit necessarily, but once someone has nailed those healthy habits for the most part and it's individualized to them, then all that they're changing when it comes to weight loss is reducing from that caloric maintenance into a calorie deficit, which is usually taking off 10, maybe up to 20% of those calories off of the maintenance amount. Not cutting out any certain foods, not having to do anything dramatic, the portions just come down a little bit. It is utterly boring, but it's very, very sustainable. Wow. Yeah. And it's like the consistency, that's like, you know, the, the boringness of it is that's the power of it. We don't want to shock, shock the system, but yeah, I, I found, you know, just those are so approachable, but for me, drinking enough water every day, drinking enough water for everybody, just like that helps with cravings that helps with sleep digestion. Oh gosh, just those simple things we take for granted can have such a huge impact. So thank you for sharing those with us. I think that's going to be something easy takeaway for everybody here listening. If people want to learn more to work with you, how can they find you? What are your offerings and programs? I know you said strength training too, but we'd love to hear all about all the things. Well, thank you so much for being here. And again, I just feel like time has flown by and it's been a wonderful conversation. Um, I'm on, I have my own website, of course, luciahawley.com, but I'm very active on Instagram. So definitely, I always love to say hi to people, I'm very active in the DMs. I just like to talk about health and wellness because I think it's here and available for everyone. Um, I also have my own podcast, the Mindfulness-Based Weight Loss Podcast. So that's available really wherever anyone likes to stream their podcast from. Um, and then I do private coaching, both for nutrition and strength training together. 
um, for women. Often women are coming to me to lose weight, but also if we're just looking to, you know, understand how much food we should be feeding ourselves in order to feel really well fueled to, like you said, like be able to sleep well at night, love to do that too. So health and wellness, it's just about allowing ourselves to step into that version that really helps us feel like our shiniest, best, most present self. Amen. Yeah. Shiniest self. I like that. Just radiance, radiance inside and out. Well, thank you so much, Lucia, for coming on here and sharing your heart and your wisdom with all of us. Was there anything else that you wanted to share or wrap up that you feel called to talk about today? I know we covered a lot of stuff, so it's okay if you don't. (laughs) I would just say, you know, for anyone who's listening, you know, maybe think about those different healthy habits. Again, they're approachable for a reason. This stuff shouldn't it's okay if it's new, right? And that feels overwhelming or different or requires some thinking up front. Wonderful. But maybe play around with, is there one of those habits that you want to start to kind of look at? Is it drinking that water or getting an extra glass next to your computer when you're sitting there typing at work during the day? Get a little curious. What What is one of those habits that I'd like to kind of play around with? Because we can come to all this from a place of curiosity. And I think that has a very similar energy to gratitude in a way they're both very parasympathetic so that that's what I would that's what I would share with folks oh thank you thank you um and then lastly we close the show out the same way every week how may we the listeners as a huge act of gratitude be of service for you in return today oh my gosh I would say then definitely give one of the healthy habits a go that would that would mean the world to me is to know that more people are out there allowing themselves to sink into yeah how do I individualize one of these how do I get more steps right how do I let myself have a beautiful time with that how do I let myself have a beautiful time drinking more water that would mean the world amazing and if you guys do that make sure to reach out to either one of us both of us online tell us what you did how did it go how much better you feel Because it's really those small steps that you were saying, the tweaks that really help us transform, not the huge dramatic things. It's the small steps, the small steps, the baby steps get us there. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the show. I'm so happy to share this space with you today, Misha. Thank you so much. Thank you.